0: So the IRS is looking into PayPal and Venmo. Like, if you get a payment for something that's $600 or more, <laughs> then the IRS is gonna see if you have any income that's not being reported. Okay, $600. Meanwhile, there's insider trading in Congress. Meanwhile, Sam Bankman Freed stole $10 billion and is walking around And we're gonna look at $600 payments in Venmo. Yeah, I gotta tell you, it is hard not to be cynical these days. So, having said that, if you do have income, you should report it, even if you don't get a 1099. So, um, you know, I've been paid for DJing a couple times, not much, under the $600 threshold. And the way I looked at it was, look, look, like my expenses vastly exceed my income here. Like, you know, I, I don't declare DJing as an occupation. If I did, I would run at a loss and then there would be other issues because I spend thousands of dollars on music and equipment every year. So just save the paperwork. Now, if you go to a casino and you win money, I don't remember what the amount is. I think it's like $3,000 or something like that. If you win money in a the casino, then they give you a tax form. It's a 1099G. And the way this works is if you are you know, a professional gambler, then you keep track of your wins and your losses. You keep a log and you can deduct your losses against your wins. But if you just go to a casino and you win 10000 bucks and you cash out and then you plow it back into the casino and you lose it, you're still going to owe the taxes. So heads I win, tails you lose. So this is not going to be the complaining about taxes podcast because we do that enough already. All I'm saying is that you should mine your P's and Q's. If you have income, you should report it. And not reporting income will get you in big trouble. And I'm thinking a lot about, you know, since I'm in the music industry, I'm thinking a lot about these club promoters that get like just massive amounts of payments in Venmo. And they're gonna have to start declaring that. You know, and they're, they're not the only ones. I mean, there's a lot of people that do business over Venmo, I don't. Um, but yeah, that's gonna affect a lot of people. And the alternative is you can just deal in cash, but that is a lot less convenient and it's hard to move large amounts of cash. So I do have a quick story. So I grew up in Norwich, Connecticut and there's a business in Norwich called Vodka tours, which is a bakery. And this this actually, it got to be a nationally known case. So Vodka tours would have cash and they would deposit in the bank and they would deposit like 15, 20,000 bucks and the employee, the bank teller, basically said, you know, look, like every time you guys do this, I have to fill out paperwork, a cash transaction report over $10,000. And they said, oh, okay, so we'll be nice and we'll save you the trouble, and we're just going to deposit $9,000 at a time. So they started depositing $9,000 at a time, and they got pinched for structuring. And even though the structuring basically is when you're depositing $9,000 at a time, so you don't actually trigger the cash transaction report. And their, I mean, their intentions were purely innocent. They're not trying to, like, launder money or anything like that. But they, they had this whole big legal fight because they were accused of structuring. That's a true story, you know. And by the way, this $10,000 requirement, I I forget what year it was. It was like 84 or 86 or something like that. But if you adjusted that for inflation, that would be $74,000 today. And the more inflation we get, the smaller that number gets. And pretty soon, every transaction is going to be reportable to the government, which I think is what the government wants, you know. I was recently I was coming back through customs through the Cayman Islands and i got I got questioned about cash uh, and the customs guy said, "You know do you are you aware of the currency reporting requirements?" And I said, "Yeah, you know if you have ten thousand dollars in you know u s equivalent foreign currency, then you have to report it." I said, "But I only have a thousand dollars." and he said, "How much did you leave the u s with?" And I said, "A thousand dollars." and he let me go." so I'm not a drug smuggler, although I do look like one, which I think is the problem going through customs. But law enforcement hates cash. Law enforcement absolutely hates cash. And they think if people have cash, that's they're automatically engaged in some kind of illegal activity. And I, I carry more cash than the average person. I've talked about that before. At any given time, I have 1000 bucks on me, but I'm not... Not doing anything illegal anyway. I got some time on my hands, so I'm thinking about picking up some DJ gigs around town. And there's a place called Tin Roof, which I've been before, I was there for just like a local concert. And they have a little club called the Green Room. And I went on the website, I'm like, oh, let's see what's going on there. And they have some DJs that play in the Green Room. And one of them is a guy named Ricky Spins, S-P-I-N-Z, Ricky Spins. And there's another guy named DJ Vizzn, (laughs) V-Z-Z-N. You know, there's a lot in a DJ name. There really is. And uh, and what it said about Ricky Spins, what is it says? The green room is bunking, bunking, bumping with DJ Ricky Spins. Playing all your favorite songs till close. All your favorite songs. Is that what I'm going to do? Am I going to play all your favorite songs? No, I'm going to play shit you've never heard before. Like, it's, like that's kind of the point of DJing is to introduce people to new music. Not play the same shit over and over again. But that's Myrtle Beach, man. That's Myrtle Beach. You know, try to educate people. It's not happening. So I'm going to give it a try. Um, I can already tell you how it's going to work out. But I think what I might do is I might rent it out and see. It would be like, look, like on a Thursday night, uh, we'll have a 2,000 minimum at the bar. I'll bring 100 people, and we'll have a party, and I'm going to play whatever the fuck I want. And that's, you know, that's what's going to happen. So we'll see how it works. But DJ Ricky spins. Your DJ name says a lot about you. And Stochastic is a decent DJ name. It's not, It doesn't really roll off the tongue. Um, like Afrojack. Like, that's very memorable. Like Afrojack. People say Stochastic. Sto. People don't know how to pronounce it. It's really not the best DJ name. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't have a DJ name. I would just be Jared Dillion. Yeah, I would. Um... And and the thing that people get wrong about it all the time is I'm not DJ stochastic. I'm just stochastic, not DJ stochastic. And the reason is is that anybody who puts DJ in front of their name is a douchebag, all the time. DJ Ricky spins, DJ Vzz. Come on, <laughs> with the Z's and the, it's, it's fucking terrible can't believe it i mean you can if you can really like you can look at somebody's dj name and you can predict with like 90 percent accuracy what they're going to play for sure you know dj snake oil <laughs> there is a dj snake and he's actually pretty good um you know when i try to get the website for my, for my dj website i i when i try to get the domain there is a stochastic.com and nobody's using it. It's just a blank page. So I tried to buy the domain. I offered him five hundred bucks and I got no answer. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay ten thousand bucks for stochastic.com. So I just did djstochastic.com. So so if you're gonna go out to party, if you're gonna go out to a club and dance and stuff like that, I mean. The, the thing with partying is that, like, all personal finance just goes out the window. Like, it just disappears, you know? Uh, is there anything that you can do to save money when you're partying? Well, you can pregame. You can drink ahead of time, right? You can have, like, six or eight drinks and show up to the club loaded. And, like, people do that. Save you buying booze at the club. Um You know, I don't drink anymore, but back in my drinking days, I used to, I actually used to carry a flask around with me, and I would go into a bar, and I'd just order a Coke and, like, pour Jack Daniels in it. Because I didn't, I was too, this is how much of a CF I was. I was such a cheap fuck. I was so much of a CF that I wouldn't pay for a drink in the bar. I would pay, like, three bucks for a Coke, and then I would just pour my own booze in it. Save money. You know, but I don't recommend you do that. If if you're going out, I mean, even in Myrtle Beach, like, it's, it's you're spending 100 bucks. And if you do this once a week for four weeks in a month, that's 400 bucks a month. That's a pretty significant entertainment expense. It really is. And that's something you should think about when you're doing a budget. Like, you have, you know, your gas and utilities and transportation and all this stuff. But entertainment is a big part of it. And it's not just the Netflix subscription. Like, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into that. And if you like to go out and... and get loose, then that's gotta go in the budget. So how what do you put for your entertainment expense? Four hundred bucks, something like that? I mean if you're you know if you're making four thousand bucks a month, that's like ten percent of your income, right? So it's significant. So then what happens is you go out and you get drunk and you get shit faced and you make even dumber decisions and you end up spending even more money. And then I mean it's you know, in The Gambler, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, I've said that before. The whole John Goodman speech, he says, "Don't drink. <laughs> you'll save money." That is absolutely true. If you don't drink, you'll save a lot of money. And not just because booze is expensive, because once you start drinking, you're going to spend you're going to spend money on all kinds of dumb stuff. You're going to be buying rounds for the bar and stuff like that. So, a nightclub is a terrible business, and I I would really love to own one someday. But I just recognize that it would be a money losing proposition for sure. You know, I just it would be a terrible business. I was just at a nightclub in New York City in Brooklyn. Uh, I was at uh, the old Output. It's called um, Superior Ingredients. I keep wanting to call it, I keep want to call it suicidal tendencies, but it's Superior Ingredients, and uh, they they haven't changed it much since the Output days. But it's a a bad business. There's a bar, but it's small, and it's, like, off to the side in the corner. And when the place is filled up with people, if you're on the other side of the club and you want to get a drink, you got to, like, navigate your way towards this bar. Like, it's – I don't know how they make any money. Like, it's a terrible business. Like, if you're going to open a club, you need a big-ass bar. You need a big bar with, like, four bartenders. You need to be cranking through – I mean, it's just sort of common sense, you know? Like, it's not free. So I know a guy that owns a beer distributor and you should hear him talk about how radically his business has changed in the last few years. Like people really moving away from alcohol and also moving away from beer and towards white claw and stuff like that, but also just generally moving away from alcohol. Uh, and it's happening fast. You know, people don't drink as much. And that's the thing with nightclubs. clubs is like, yeah, you get a bar and people buy drinks, but usually people bring drugs and they do drugs in the bathroom, and they don't need to drink. So it's it's a terrible business. Yeah, I mean basically. So what I've started to see is I've seen I've seen cover charges starting to go up. You know, when I go out to clubs in Miami, I you know I'm I've I've paid a sixty dollar cover charge. You know, I mean the cover charge is going up because they're just not doing that business at the bar. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Be Smart Podcast. I'm Jared Dilly and see you next time.